Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Hi, it's Pastor Nathan, and before we get started here, I wanted to let you know that this episode of the podcast is going to sound a little bit different. It was recorded live this morning, August 16th, at Drive-In Church at the church. And so this is an outdoor service, so that means, one, the format is a little different because it's a scripture reading and then a sermon from me, but also the quality of the audio is not really what we would normally like to have because we are recording outside. So uh, that said, I think the message is still worth hearing, and so we're going to share it with you anyway. Uh, But just know it starts out with scripture reading, read by Jim Hecker, an Elk River Lutheran Church member and retired pastor. He'll read 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 6, and then you'll get a sermon from me. So again, uh, not quite the quality we would maybe always like, but still a message worth hearing, I think. So here it is. Our reading today is from 1 Samuel chapter 21, and in these verses, we find that David is running away from King Saul, who is out to kill him, and he escapes to a little town called Nob. David came to Nob to the priest Ahimelech. Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? David said to the priest Ahimelech, The king has charged me with a matter, and said to me, No one must know anything of the matter about which I send you, and with which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with the young men for such and such a place. Now then, what have you at hand? Give me five loaves of bread, or whatever is here. The priest answered David, I have no ordinary bread at hand, only holy bread, provided that the young men have kept themselves from women. David answered the priest, Indeed, women have been kept from us as always when I go on an expedition. The vessels of the young men are holy even when it is a common journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? So the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there except the bread of the presence, which is removed from before the Lord, to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away. Here ends the reading. Well, so most of you know Ben was supposed to get baptized last week before the rain came, and last week you know all through this last month we've been hearing these stories of david and last week was supposed to be the story of david and jonathan and it's the story of their beautiful friendship and i thought oh yes 
friendship. What a good thing to preach about the day of a baptism. But then it got rained out. And now today, instead, we move along to the next part of the story uh, where Saul is chasing David and trying to kill him. Uh, where all of a sudden, uh, David, who goes from being really popular and loved by everyone, the king realizes, well, if David's the greatest out there, what about me? I'm the king. I'm supposed to be the greatest. So he decides to kill him. And so what comes next is all of these stories of David being on the run. David being on the run trying to get away from King Saul. And in the wake of King Saul's chasing David, King Saul just leaves bodies everywhere. King Saul just kills all kinds of innocent people. So King Saul is going and killing people. Uh, David is going and helping people. And I thought, oh, wow, what a great story to preach about at a baptism, the baptism of my youngest. Oh, isn't this just perfect? Uh, but in the midst of that whole story, which is pretty gory, if you want to hear all the gory details, you can go back and listen to our podcast from earlier this week, or the Sacred Wit video, uh, where we go into the depth of all these stories. But this story that happens early on in that whole experience of David being on the run is actually the story we heard here this morning, this nice little story about how David and this small band of followers he's got uh, with him Early on, they realize they don't have anything. They don't have any weapons. They don't have any food. And so they go to these priests of Nob and ask for help. And the priests of Nob say, yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, that's the story. Uh, David shows up needing help. And the priests of Nob say, okay, sure. Here, you can have this bread and uh, this sword. And then they go on their way. On the surface, it is just a nice little story. But there is a lot more going on in this story. There's a lot more to the details of the story that make it pretty significant. Significant, I think, even to our lives here and now. And so uh, I want to share a little bit of background about what's going on in this story. Uh, like I said, uh, David is at the heart of the story. But if we take a bigger step back, in the future, the people of Israel will have the city of Jerusalem as their capital, and in the core of their worship will be the temple. This big temple in Jerusalem will be central to their worship. But that's not going to happen until later. Uh, that's not going to happen until after David becomes king. Uh, and then at that time, he'll move the capital to Jerusalem, and then he will uh, choose a place for the temple, and then... He won't even build the temple. It'll be the next king, his son Solomon. You may remember it's the wisdom of Solomon. Uh, Solomon will build the temple, and then that will be the center of worship for the people of Israel. But at this point, where this story happens here today, the center of worship for the people of Israel was not a big grand temple. It was a tent. Uh, it was the tent of meeting, this tabernacle that they had. And when they gathered for worship, uh, the tent was actually just for the sacrifices. When they gathered for worship, guess where they gathered? Outside! <laughs> Sound familiar? Uh, they didn't have a big space to go where they could gather, so instead they gathered outside. So it's a pretty good biblical gathering we have going on here. But that tent of meeting, that tabernacle, actually did serve a couple of purposes in their worship life. There were some inner sanctuaries that were very special for making these sacrifices. The innermost sanctuary was called the Holy of Holies. You maybe heard of that before. Uh, the Holy of Holies was this innermost sanctuary of the tabernacle, and it was where they believed the presence of God resided at all times. So God was confined to that little space, and only one priest would go in there once a year for a special sacrifice. 
and inside there was the Ark of the Covenant, a special little box and uh, altar that was built to hold the Ten Commandments. Uh, if you don't remember this part of the Bible story, maybe you remember in World War II when the Nazis tried to steal it and an American uh, archaeologist named Indiana Jones helped stop them. That's from a movie. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you might remember. Well, that's what is at the center of the Holy of Holies, is the actual Ark of the Covenant. But then there's the next room out, another sanctuary out, and that is called uh, the Holy Place, another sanctuary, and that is where you would find the Holy Bread, or this Bread of the Presence, which was talked about in the story that we heard here today. There were 12 loaves of bread that were baked fresh weekly. 12 loaves of bread for the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, they were baked there and laid on this table as an offering to God. And so, but it wasn't as though the people thought that God was going to come down and uh, eat that bread. And that's why they said it there. Uh, that wasn't it because after all, we all know that God is gluten-free, right? That's for all you gluten-free folks out there. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, uh, it wasn't that they thought that God would come down and eat the bread. That wasn't what the offering was all about. The offering of the bread was a symbolic offering, acknowledging and giving thanks to God for God providing for life and nourishment for the people. And so the way that they uh, celebrated that gratitude was by placing these loaves. They had this ritual of placing these 12 loaves on this table. And each week on the Sabbath then, they would remove the loaves from the week before and place fresh ones on there. And at that time, the priests and only the priests could eat the week old bread of the presence. So uh, anyone who has been following me on this little uh, historical journey and is still listening, thank you. Uh, you all who are still uh, with me might be wondering, uh, well, so what, right? Like, what do any of these uh, religious rituals and rules from uh, thousands of years ago have to do with life here and now? And I think that's a pretty valid question, but this story kind of gets at it. In this story in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see David uh, coming to the priests who managed the tabernacle. They're the ones who followed all of these priestly rules. They're the ones who enforced all of these priestly rules. And David comes to them asking for food because he doesn't have any food. He's starving hungry and he needs something. And they tell him that the only food that they have is the bread of the presence. And so what happens is these priests are forced to decide between helping David, this person who is starving hungry, or following their rituals and rules, which would say that this bread can only be eaten by the priests on the Sabbath day. It's not the Sabbath day, and David is not one of the priests. And so they have to decide what is more important, helping someone who is in need or following all these rites and rituals, following the rules of their religion. Well, they decide to help David. They say, okay, you know, uh, sure, you can have this bread. Uh, they opt to uh, forsake their special rules and actually just help someone who is in need. See, what happened was they understood that they have a God who cares more about helping those in need than a whole set of rules. They realized that uh, that God who they worship cared more about helping someone who needed something to eat than making sure that there was the right number of loaves on this special table in this special room of the tabernacle. 
Later on in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus actually uses this story as an example of how loving and caring for people always has to be more important than a whole set of religious rules. The God of the Bible is the same God of our modern world. That same divine loving presence that proclaims to each and every one of you here, you are of value, you are loved. This is the same God that shows up in the story of David. That God says, you are of value, you are loved, and you are to love and care for others, just like is proclaimed in this story here. Uh, God calls us to something much bigger than a religion. Uh, one way of thinking about it is that religion is about following rules, deciding who's in and who's out, but faith is about practicing the love of God. And one of the things that I have just loved about being a pastor here is watching all the ways, especially during this pandemic, during these last several months, watching all the ways that I have seen so many of you practice this love of God. I've heard so many stories about people calling folks just to check in and say how things are going, of uh, couples inviting people who live alone over for coffee on the front porch or a meal, uh, simple gestures of love. Uh, last week, we had an online memorial service for Carol Vickstrom, and there were two members who met in a park to watch it together because one had access to the internet, the other one didn't, and so it was a way they could not only be together, but that the one could actually be a part of the service. As a church, we just got an email this week from CARE, uh, that's our local food shelf, Community Aid Elk River, and uh, they uh, were thanking us for our cash donations in the month of July, and I started to realize that this year, we have given more money to CARE than any other previous year. And the year isn't even close to over yet. Uh, there's been such a generous response to the call that we know that there's more people in our community in need and that answer, that call has been answered. I know there are so many other countless ways that as I look around this parking lot and I think about all the people who are watching online, there's so many different ways that you are putting that love of God into practice. And so I thank you for that. It's so good. The thing is, none of these things are religious rules that we have as a church. We don't have a rule saying that you have to call so-and-so on such-and-such day uh, to make sure they're okay. Like, we don't have a rule that says you have to give this much money to care or else you can't be a member of this church. Uh, none of these things are happening because of rules. They're happening because we understand that we have a God of love who calls us to love one another. As people of faith, when this crazy year has presented us with fear and isolation and scarcity, we have responded with faith and love and generosity. I want to say that again because I think it's really important. When this crazy year has presented us with fear and isolation and scarcity, we have responded with faith and love and generosity because we believe in a God of love. Faith in the love of God is what we celebrate as we baptize little baby Ben this morning. Faith in the love of God is what we celebrate in Holy Communion that joins us together here that we'll celebrate in a few moments. Faith in the love of God is what shapes us to be the caring, loving people that God has created us each to be. Faith and the love of God is what drives us to be powered by love this day and every day. The God of love that is in the Bible is the same God of love that is here and now in our midst today. And so 
This morning we sing. We sing our God, our oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Uh, this is the song that we're going to sing next that proclaims of God's goodness way back, but also here and now. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.